I do think that before we like fully start, we do need to discuss our um, sort of uh, uh, our experiences with wrestling because I think we're on opposite si- ends of a spectrum. Almost assuredly, which is why this was a fun choice. <laughs> this, yeah, this felt personal. Um, so my, I, I think I have three major touch points for, for professional wrestling in my life. Um, the first is I watched my friend in elementary school play a Nintendo 64 WWE game for like 20 minutes once. Um, and I, the second is that I, I watched the Monster Factory with the Pebble. And the third is that um, my roommate dated a luchador for a little while. And I think I may have seen him around the house once or twice. Okay. Have you watched Nacho Libre? I have not. Okay. that That's fine. You don't need to have watched Nacho Libre. I just wanted to know because I do love that movie. <laughs> Fair. Hello and welcome. I'm going to start over. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Unsound Theories. I'm... Cat. <laughs> I'm I'm Kira, and we watch movies with no sound and no subtitles, and try to figure out what the hell is going on. Uh, spoiler. I think Cat did. I mean, I mean, a little bit. Um, I mean, it, okay, the the movie didn't need a ton of explaining. No, it was fairly followable. What did we watch? (sighs) We watched Santo and the Blue Demon versus the Monsters. From 1970. Yes. So, I'm going to preface this with a couple of bits of... uh, Not many Santo movies made it to the U.S. There were like 50 of them, and only four of them have English dubs. (laughs) Uh, so, there's no Wikipedia page for this at all. (laughs) So we won't be able to read a plot summary on Wikipedia. That, I, I mean, I can, I've got a couple of plot summaries and some reviews. That seems like fun. Yeah, do we want to jump right into this wonderful movie by, um, introducing the monsters that Santo and Blue Demon were fighting? Yes. Um, first, there was a clone of Blue Demon. Uh, yes. Then there was a mummy. Yeah. So, um, uh, the actually, this is kind of how the movie starts. We get introduced to the characters by having them appear on screen in a little, like, short... Yeah, it's like, pose here's and freeze see. frame. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then there's uh, Frankenstein's monster. Yes. Um, and then there's a vampire. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll have some thoughts about him later. Okay. Um, and then there, what else was there? There's the wolf man. Yep. Um, hell of a nose on him. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, oh, God. I know I'm, I'm forgetting one, aren't I? You're oh, there was okay, the so Cyclops. The Cyclops, my favorite. God, and you Cyclops also forgot so uh, La Mujer Vampiro, the oh, woman yeah, yeah. vampire. Yeah, yeah, the sexy lady vampires. It was, um, yeah, so basically as far as I've been able to gather just based on the movie title and what we saw on screen, um, these are all monsters that Santo had previously fought and defeated. Oh really? That then okay. We're brought back. Okay. That that does make a little bit more sense, I think. Uh so 
the movie starts off with some women's wrestling mm-hmm. with lots of leg sweeps and a few monkey flips and some takedowns. <clears throat> it was like pretty yeah, those pretty are good words. wrestling. Those are words for wrestling moves. Mm-hmm. And Santo is there just looking cool as a fucking cucumber. Yeah. Because in these movies, he's still just regular Santo. He is playing himself. Yeah, yeah. He did, like, during the opening wrestling matches, especially when Blue Demon comes on, he did Mm -hmm. look a little bit, and this may have just been because of the way I watched it, um, he did look a little bit like he was in a state of just sort of perpetually coming. (laughs) That's certainly a thing that someone has said now about Santo. Because, <laughs> okay, here's the thing. I watched this on my phone at work in snippets during downtime. Okay, so um, you and I probably have very different experiences of this movie. Yes. Not just because I am a fan of wrestling and you are not, but... Because you watched it on your phone, piecemeal, during breaks at work today. Yes, and also at work I have my earbuds in that have very good noise cancelling. So I was listening, I was watching this in abject silence. (laughs) (laughs) This is like sensory deprivation tank level silence. That is startling. (laughs) It it was an experience. Yeah, that's something. Um, (laughs) And I couldn't even, like, do an album sync because it's a phone and it won't do mm -hmm. two audio sources at once. I, um, what did I do? I I watched this, my, I actually didn't watch this my normal way. I watched it during the day on Friday, I think. And, like, I had it on while I was, like, making dinner and stuff like that, too, so it was, like, a a bit different, but I was still watching and taking notes, and it it was, it was very easy to follow, I don't know. Uh, So, basically, as far as a plot summary goes, um, I guess a mad scientist guy um, dies, and it's a big deal because it's in the newspapers. Yeah. And his laboratory assistant uses Frankenstein technology to revive him once he's dead. Mm-hmm. He then, I guess because Santo killed him, maybe, swears revenge on Santo. I don't... I don't... Did he kill him? I don't know. I don't Either think he way, did. he's sworn revenge on Santo. Yes. Though, because his goal is to kill Santo or take his mask, potentially. Yeah. I feel like it's a murder situation, given what he does put the man through. Mm-hmm. Although taking a luchador's mask is akin to murder. Fair. Uh, so this scientist guy comes back and, like, basically is trying to find a way to defeat Santo. So yeah. for one reason or another, Blue Demon ends up at the scientist's hideout, his castle, doesn't he follow some? He might follow some zombies. I forget because, how he got there. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. Maybe he was tipped off. I can't remember exactly. Also, the mad scientist has a bunch of zombies who are just like regular-looking Mexican men in very, very, very bad green face paint. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Like you can. St- Definitely still see a lot of their skin. <laughs> yep. And so it, it's just, it, it's Im- it's impressively perfect. Yes. Um, so I referred to those zombies as the zombie jobbers. Zombie Jobber is a term in wrestling for someone who, like, gets, basically gets paid to lose and get beat up. Fair. I, yeah, that is mostly what they did. Mm-hmm. Although one of them did take down Blue Demon. Yes, but they took him down by surprise. True. Um, so the mad scientist's machines are mildly baffling. Absolutely. What is even more baffling, however, is 
the weird gargoyle Octorok with an exposed brain that he had <laughs> in his laboratory. What was that? It, it was this thing that was like about up to his waist. <laughs> it had like an exposed brain. Yeah, it looked like what it was like a like a like a fucking bobblehead eight like stereotypical alien. I, I, it must have been some sort of, like, Martian or something like that from, like, yeah. one of the Santo versus the Martian movies or something like that. Probably. But there's no other, per- there's no other possible explanation. And it didn't do anything. It just sort of it stood, there stood there in there. the laboratory being in scenes. <laughs> it was perfect. Yeah. It was so good. I, I loved that thing. But I'm it wasn't to... there for, like, the second half of the movie. It was just gone. It was there in the final scenes, at the very least. I, okay. I definitely saw it. I want to see if I took a screenshot and sent it to anyone. It was a truly wild thing. Um. Yes, here it is. Okay, I've got a. I've got a picture that I will um, upload to Imager and put in the episode description. <laughs> yes. Good. 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 Because I think everyone, absolutely everyone needs to see this strange little fellow. It's honestly kind of adorable. It it really is. Like, he's just a friend, you know? Yeah, it's just like a little guy that hangs around. It might even be his birthday. Uh, You know what? Let's say it is. I mean, he's a little guy and it's his birthday. So that's probably why nobody was beating him up. Okay, so the, the mad scientist machines, he sticks the monsters in these like upright tube things with like mixing bowls over their heads uh, um it's are those mind control tubes cuz i feel I like i think they must be because what happens is the scientist and his zombies go out and collect all of the monsters that yeah, el santo from, has from defeated in the places. past and they bring them into this lab and they put them in the mind control machines yeah, which to it does... make the monsters work for the scientist. Why did they have to clone the blue demon instead of just mind control him? Uh, <laughs> uh... <laughs> <laughs> and they also used like the mind, con- the, the presumably a mind control machine to bring the scientist back from the dead no that was a slightly different machine i think yeah that was a different machine yeah yeah although it's possible that the machine was actually an aliver slash debtor that if you flip (laughs) the polarity it brings people back to life but if it's in the correct alignment it brings people back to death i i mean that's as good an explanation as i could come up with it's as good as an of an explanation as I think this movie needs. <laughs> yes. Um so oh, so when I saw the little the little charming fellow, I wrote it's like a gargoyle octorock with a brain for a toque in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That tracks. Uh so Blue Demon goes to this laboratory, the door is locked, Blue Demon says no it isn't and kicks it in. <laughs> yes. He sneaks into the facility. And gets got by a zombie jobber. Yeah, yeah. It gets cloned and sent out to kidnap El Santo's girlfriend. Yes. Uh, now, the scene then immediately cuts to El Santo driving a convertible Mercedes, like, yes. chatting up a woman in the car with him. Yes. This is his girlfriend. Yes. He's wearing a, like, suit pants, a suit jacket, and a turtleneck. Which is just such a classic look for a luchador. God, it's such a look. And his mask, obviously. Yes. Always, uh, we'll we'll talk specifically mask. about El Santo's mask, because it's, like, actually pretty massively important to who he was as an individual. Um, they do... He does just kind of stop the car in the middle of the road to make out for, like, ten seconds and then starts yep. again. Yep, yep. Um, and you know what? That's how you prove that your hero is cool. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a pretty fucking baller move. Uh, now, one of the things that I noticed is that El Santo and Blue Demon had color-coordinated cars. 
because Blue Demon kidnaps Santa's girlfriend, and then they have a very brief car chase. Yes. In their color-coordinated cars. Yes. <laughs> Which, you know, uh, El Santo's driving his silver car because he wears a silver mask. Blue Demon is wearing is driving a blue car because he wears a blue mask. Yeah, it's perfect. And, like, I almost kind of have to wonder if those were their actual personal vehicles. <laughs> you know, that's actually a good question. I think they may have been. <laughs> so, fake Blue Demon and the zombie jobbers go wake up Dracula. Dracula kills a couple of the zombies, which is not a big deal because they're zombies. Yeah. Who and cares? then gets mind controlled with a little ring that never shows up again that fake Blue Demon uses to mind control him. Yeah. Then they get the mummy, and then they get the Cyclops. Mm-hmm. Now, Kira, have we talked in depth at all at this point about um, Senor Cyclops? No, I do want to point out that the Cyclops seemed to be buried behind a stone wall, which the mad scientist did just sort of melt <laughs> with a torch. I thought he was, like, buried in ice or something like that, and that's how he did. That's why he had that's, to melt him out that way. That's possible. Uh, it was kind of hard to tell on my phone screen. I think that's that's what it seemed like to me. That I mean, that would make far more sense. But I'm not putting anything past this movie. So let's talk about the Cyclops. Because <laughs> this needs to be part of our discussion. Um... How would you describe the Cyclops? Because uh, I have a pretty good descriptor in mind. Okay. It- you know those monster finger puppets that you <laughs> yeah. get from yeah, that's like, it. That's arcades? The, that's the one. You did it. That's the Cyclops. It yeah. looks almost exactly like one of those, but with one eye in the middle. And it's yep. got these like, yep. or um, this is another real weird and obscure one. Do you, were you at all present for the Freddy Freaker revival? No. Because he looks like a gray Freddy Freaker with one eye. He's, he's very, his skin is very bumpy. Um, and he got big ol' head. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, like, real big ol' head. And big arms. And big feet. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay, so I just sent Kira a picture of Freddy Freaker. I hate that. That's not good for me. <laughs> um, there was a 900 number, 1-900-490-FREAK, that you could call in the 80s, and Freddy Freaker, who was, I guess, supposed to be this puppet, would tell you a joke. Did it, you know, the puppet is fully articulated. Did it, did, did, it, did it have to be that thing? Yes, it did. Um, I, I do need to, I but, need you to see this original Freddy Freaker ad as well. Okay. Okay. Alright. And watch this in real time. It's 30 seconds. Uh, 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 so they just have him T-posing and wiggling as a dance. Even though the puppet is fully articulated. Now, just wait till you get to the end. <laughs> only time I ever manipulate his mouth. <laughs> Why? Because 900 numbers needed to distinguish themselves in the 80s so that they could take your money. Oh my god. What a time to be alive. Yep. So, um, if you, you I mean, like, you can also just Google Santo versus the Cyclops, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's as fun as looking up Freddy Freaker and then extrapolating a one-eyed, man-sized gray version of that. But, like, way bumpier, too. 
way bumpier bumpier. in the same style so like if you hybridized one of those monster finger puppets yeah um fred and freddy freaker and then made it gray yeah god that was upsetting (laughs) freddy freaker is upsetting to see and and i love freddy freaker he's just a little boy Uh, he's just a a little boy um so uh, uh, there's there's some other things that happen in this movie before we get to the various climactic fights. Um, first of all, the vampire is just straight up out in sunlight. Um, I'm not sure about that. It's very, very obvious that he is out in sunlight. It is not okay. dark at all. <laughs> okay. Like, it's the okay. middle of the day because but... there are scenes that take place at night. And they filmed them at night. So okay. this vampire There's was just there in the sun. There's one scene where it takes place at night and they film it at night. But there are other scenes that take place chronologically immediately before and after that scene that are in broad daylight. I think they just didn't film night scenes. I mean, that's entirely possible. There was, there was one scene where they used an incredibly blue blue filter to indicate that it's night, but there are other times... And again, that one was immediately and before and after the scenes were bright light. I think that they just didn't bother. I mean, this was like the 20-something Santo movie, so they probably had given up a little bit at this point. Yeah, like, like there's there's a scene where they go to like a fucking like nightclub and they're having dinner and and then they have a chase or uh, and and it's well there's also there's a musical number before the chase sequence (laughs) yeah yeah there is it 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 all (laughs) yeah yeah there is (laughs) there is I don't think it was filmed as part of this movie. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think that's just a part of another movie that they put into this movie. It's possible. There's also a part of the movie where Santo just straight up pulls out a gun (laughs) and shoots people with it. Yes. (laughs) Like, he shoots monsters with it. Yeah. But he just pulls out a gun (laughs) and goes, bam, bam, bam. At the monsters, like, yeah, you know what? That's a reasonable thing for a regular luchador to do when fighting monsters. Yeah. Also, after all the monsters get revived, they each get their, like, special scene of them just sort of fucking up the townsfolk. Like, yep. the wolfman fully just, like, kills a boy's parents in front of him. Mm-hmm. And then kills the boy. Mm-hmm. Um... Uh, the the vampire goes around and actually uh, bites and turns two women. Yeah, the vampire the... looks like a huge fucking nerd. <laughs> he really does. He looks like <laughs> he looks like a fucking nineteen twenties bank robber. <laughs> there's just there's there's so many parts of this movie that make it delightfully and charmingly janky. It's yeah, it's very janky. Um, so, like, um, I found, I found a picture of all of the monsters here. They're pretty amazing. The Wolfman, like, if you, if you have time to look up the Wolfman from Santa and Blue Demon versus the monsters, he's just, he's just a hairy man. He's just a dude with fangs and, like, a prosthetic nose that is... Are you sure that's a prosthetic nose? I mean, it's a different color from the rest of his face. That might have just been your phone, because it didn't look like a prosthesis to me. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> I am pretty sure, at least in some scenes, that it was, that he definitely, it, it may have been, like, scene to scene that it changed. That's fair. But there were definitely um, some scenes where it was like, well, what? So, we should also then, subsequently, since we're describing these monsters, talk about, um... Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. And his hair crime <laughs> that was his facial hair. I honestly didn't even pick up on that. I'm gonna send you a picture. Okay. Because you need to see this. Jesus. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's got this wispy, <laughs> long, stranded mustache. <laughs> and, like, a soul patch. <laughs> this is, like, full on. What the fuck? But why? Because they can. He looks like iced tea. <laughs> Maybe a little. <laughs> This it, it may have been like the mild sensory deprivation that I was experiencing this movie under, um, but I, the human faces did stop looking human after a there while. Was, there was a lot in this one. It was just I I I, I love this movie so much. Yeah. Um. So let's let's talk through this movie. They do like the monsters get their special scenes. Um, Santo fights off the vampire women and the regular vampire, I think. I can't remember who he fights. Uh, but then, like, like, he a, fights them. He has them. a wrestling match with the vampire. Right. He fights them and then immediately goes out to dinner afterwards, like nothing has changed. Yeah. They get jumped while they're out to dinner, and Blue Demon and Santo, fake Blue Demon, have a fight in the middle of this restaurant, including smashing each other up with chairs because it's wrestling. Yeah. Lucha Libre is just like that. It might have been a real Lucha Libre man, for all you know. (laughs) Fair. So we have, like, the random musical number, and then Blue Demon comes out of nowhere and just socks Santo in the face. (laughs) Then there's a chase sequence. That leads them up to the roof somehow. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they fight again. Yeah. Santo does a monkey flip and chucks the mummy off of the building. Yep, yep. Uh, uh, th- he does also stick something on, like, it's like some sort of tracking device on Frankenstein. Yes, which is, you know, very good detective work. I did find out from one of the reviews that the subtitles refer to that device as an electric vibrator. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Santo then, it's Santo's turn to do a B&E into this castle laboratory. Yeah. He climbs the fence instead of destroying it. Yeah. So he's nicer about his breaking and entering. Yeah, I don't maybe he's just not powerful enough to to break the door. No, Santo is absolutely that powerful. <laughs> he just chooses not to because of respect for other people's property. Fair. So at this point the wheels come off the movie and it's a it's basically over because they're just having one big final fight. Yeah. Um they manage to rescue Blue Demon, who then joins Santo in fighting the monsters. Um, Santo uses a f- just like a fucking medieval flail during like that a morning fight. star, yeah, and just beheads a zombie. <laughs> yes, it gets really brutal at times. <laughs> it's but it's also comical. I mean, it's also clearly like a little foam toy weapon, right? <laughs> Um, so they, they end up setting the lab on fire by destroying a bunch of the laboratory equipment. Yeah. With this flail. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have previously defeated the vampires enough that they had to go back to their coffins to recuperate. Yeah. So then they so go stake the vampires. They go in and they stake the vampires whose blood looks like a kind of slightly thickened tomato sauce. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, like a chunky <clears throat> ketchup. And then they leave the laboratory. The lab explodes. The castle burns down and our heroes watch on triumph and his property is destroyed. <laughs> yep. Yep. And that's the movie. That is the movie. Uh, so, what did you think about this movie? It was honestly enjoyable. I, I had fun to an extent watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, the fight scenes were over the top and cheesy and good. Um, it was, it was a ride. It was a ride. What about you? Um, this, this is uh, probably one of my favorite movies we watched on Unsound Theories. (laughs) Fair. Simply because of how much I love Lucha Libre. Fair, fair. Like, um, literally this weekend, I watched 
Blue Demon Jr. in a wrestling match. <laughs> do we want to take a break for mid-roll real quick? Uh, yeah, we can do that. And then I want to play a game. You want to play a game? Okay. Hello, listeners. It's Kat and Taco with this week's mid-roll announcements. Taco, say hi. He glared at me. Uh, back to the announcements. If you like two-player RPGs, wrestling, or cooperative storytelling, I've got a game for you. If you go to zaftycat.itch.io, you'll find my latest game, Call It In The Ring, a game of tag team wrestling. The game is still in its playtest phase and will likely have some revisions, but if you pick it up now, you can get it at the lowest possible price. Before too long, there's going to be an editor and a layout artist that need to get paid, and the price will increase. As such, now's the absolute best time to get in on this game. You'll be able to help influence its development with playtesting and get the game at its most affordable. Check it out if you're looking for something new to play on RPG Night. And if you'd like to tell a story about, say, a crime-fighting luchador, this would be the perfect place to tell a story about their wrestling career. If you'd like to see me blog about game development, including my recent review of the game Horse Girl and a bunch of other Tumblr BS, you can follow me on Tumblr at zaftycat.tumblr.com. If you'd like to see more gay shit from Kira, you can also follow her Tumblr, sapphire-mess.tumblr.com. As always, I'm on Twitter at zaftycat, and Kira is there at sapphire underscore mess. If you'd like to support us, there are a few ways you can do that. First, you can tell someone about the show. We thrive on word of mouth, and our goofy brand of weird is the perfect thing to recommend to your friends, your polycule, your found family, your cat, your biological family, or your kismesis. You could also be our favorite people in the world and leave a review for the show on the podcatcher of your choice. We're fans of good pods for their really neat shareability features and the ability to rate each episode. But whatever you prefer works for us. If you do leave a review, please let us know via tweet or Tumblr message, and we'll give you a shout-out on the show. Thirdly, we'd be so grateful if you were to support us on Patreon. We make this show because we love it, not because of the money. But a little support from you goes a long way for us. A real long way. So please consider that support. No integer dollar amount is too small. That's all for this week's mid-roll. I'll let past me and Kira get back to talking about professional wrestling and that game that Kira said she was going to introduce right before the mid-roll. I'm pretty curious about that one. That seems neat. Cue the VCR sound. Um, so this is the little game I've devised. It shouldn't take too long. The game is called Where Do I Stick It In? Uh-huh. <laughs> so this game was in... Wait, 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 wait. This game needs a theme song, don't you think? Uh, I mean, if you want to give it a theme song, we can we can do that. Oh, I was expecting you to improvise a theme wait, song. Where, <laughs> where do I stick it in? Huh? Where do I stick it in? Huh? Where do I stick it in? What the fuck? Where do I stick it in? All right, welcome to Where Do I Stick It In, a podcast within a podcast. <laughs> so, so this game was inspired. Oh, oh boy, <laughs> I'm so excited for this. <laughs> okay. Um, one of the reviews I read for this uh-huh. was from a gentleman who saw this when it originally came out in theaters in 1970. In Mexico? In Mexico. Nice. And according to this gentleman, when it was shown in theaters, and I did see one other review that did mention this, so he's not just probably not completely making it up, um, Mm -hmm. when this movie was originally aired in theaters, it had two sex scenes in it that were removed for the later release. Okay, that would explain why it was only an hour and twenty-two minutes. So, I've got a cuff. I- I've got a sex scene here, cat. Where do I stick it in? Where in the movie does this slot in? I'm gonna say at least one of them happens between the fight and dinner, mm. because Santo definitely like has a date at that dinner. I think. Yeah. And then maybe also 
if there's a second sex scene, it's going to happen earlier on in the movie. I think it's when Dracula raises his, turns turns his two ladies, and they just get down and dirty in those coffins. It's possible. Amongst the rats. I was thinking that maybe um, when we cut from Blue Demon getting kidnapped over to Santo in the car... That's that's another place where they could theoretically have had sex before that. True. Or like to establish her as Santo's girlfriend. Yeah, that would that would make sense. Because um, it does pretty abruptly cut to them in the right? car. <laughs> so, but there um, are also a lot of other really abrupt cuts in this film. The editing is like off the chain. Yeah, it, it's 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 very jumpy, but then you know, a lot of luchadors are so. Yeah. True, true, true. Keeping with the theme, that was where do I stick it in? Yeah, we'll um, never is play this it again. Be a recurring game. We'll, we'll never play it again unless we happen to watch another movie that originally had sex scenes that then got removed. Okay. Unless, unless we want to pick a spot in every movie we watch from here on out, okay, where we yeah, think yeah, it this would is, be best served this, by a sex scene. This is the new game. Yes, I love this. Yes, let's see if we remember this for the next recording. Oh, I'm gonna remember this. Okay, I'm so excited. I I think this is this is a very good replacement for the various segments that we've had to get rid of or retire for whatever reason. Yes. I love this. This is extremely good. Um, so before we get to any of the reviews or any, or any plot summary or anything like that, do you mind if I take a few minutes to explain like the general rundown of El Santo, Blue Demon and the importance of Lucha Libre Yes. El Santo was basically like, uh, I mean, he was the star in Mexico. Like, if Superman was a real guy you could meet and watch wrestle, that was Santo. Like, actually stopped crimes because people saw Santo and were like, we gotta run. He was a genuine real life superhero. That's incredible. In terms of his magnitude as for his cultural impact. That is extremely good. Yes. So at a certain point, you you start to get older as a wrestler and you want to do a little bit less in-ring work. So Santo starts making movies. He makes 50 of them between 1961 and 1982. That's so many movies. That is like probably more than two a year. That's incredible. <laughs> Which is why they seem so, let's say, uh, slapdash yeah um so we've talked about this uh el santo is a luchador on mascarado uh basically within lucha libre a luchador's mask is the luchador like you are your mask many luchadors will straight up retire after they lose their mask or like completely change their name so that they can continue wrestling. So what makes that important is that uh, Santa started wrestling in like 1942 and wrestled until 1982 ish. That's a hell of a run. Or at least he adopted the Santo persona in 1942. He wrestled briefly before that. Um, so like f- for his entire career, plus his retirement, and, like, maybe even potentially at home, he was never seen in public without his mask. Yeah. His identity wasn't known until his funeral. That's fucking wild. Because they keep, like, one of the things that's very important to Lucha Libre culture is that the masked wrestler is only that masked wrestler and not 
anything outside of kayfabe, which is like the, you know, the fake reality you buy into when you watch wrestling. So what you're saying is luchadors were the original VTubers. Yes, luchadors are very much like VTubers in that they are broad, uh, they have a broad appeal. Um, They never reveal their true identity most of the time. Um, They do like multimedia projects. Many of them have secondary careers. It's, it's, you know, it's basically VTubing, but without video games. Um, so the first and only time anyone saw El Santo without his mask was a week before he died. (laughs) Like literally a week. That's he retired wild. in 1982. He died in 1984. Damn, and he still so wore he it after very, he retired. Y- yes. Damn, because he needed to. So he very briefly lifted his mask on a television show so that people could see his face for the first time since he adopted the persona as a way to say goodbye to the character and his fans. Because I think at that point he knew he was dying, and you know wanted to say this is the end of El Santo. The person under here is a person too. But also El Santo will never go away because he was buried in his goddamn mask. Damn. That's pretty badass. Yes. El Santo did basically everything except, and this is the one regret he had in his career, was that he never beat Blue Demon in the ring. <laughs> and like, Santo and Blue Demon had a legendary rivalry. Santo unmasked Blue Demon's tag partner, Black Shadow, and as a result, had like a multi-year feud with Blue Demon, where they fought twice, and Blue Demon won both times. (laughs) The match against Black Shadow is specifically regarded as one of the most important matches in Lucha Libre history, specifically because it brought about one of, if not the greatest feuds in wrestling. Uh, I could talk more about El Santo's tag partners and stuff like that, but, like, I think maybe we don't need to get too much into it, other than just very briefly mentioning his time with La Pareja Atomica, which was his team with Gory Guerrero, who, um, I... You, again, don't know any wrestling. Those of you who know anything about wrestling might remember Eddie Guerrero. That name actually does sound weirdly familiar. Eddie Guerrero was a big deal during the peak of, like, I guess what you'd consider the Attitude Era. Um, He's just genuinely one of the coolest dudes in the history of wrestling. One of my favorite things, sorry to get distracted, about Eddie was the way that he would cheat but, like, kind of clue the audience in so the audience still loved him. Because <laughs> it was like a, it was like a, he would cheat, but it would be like a little, like, he'd give the audience a wink so that everyone knew, like, what he was about to do. And then, as a result, was actually very popular because of it. So, like, yeah, Gory Guerrero was basically a big deal in the name of, in the world of wrestling because he's the patriarch of. This big wrestling family. He invented a bunch of genuinely really important wrestling moves. He's important to the history of wrestling, and he was one of El Santo's partners in La Pareja Atomica. Now, Blue Demon. Blue Demon is basically like the Batman to El Santo's Superman. So this movie was like Batman and Superman teaming up to fight monsters. That makes sense. Um, that said, um, El Santo has actually also teamed up with Batman (laughs) in comics. That, okay, okay. Um, I'm sorry, I'm gonna keep talking about Santo. I know I was supposed to talk about Blue Demon, but- Kat, um, you're a total wrestlephiliac. Yeah, that's, that's one way to describe it. (laughs) You could just call me a nerd. That too. If you did want to get into wrestling, dear listeners and or co-hosts, I'm not going to recommend that you start with Lucha Libre because there's a lot of wrestling bullshit that you have to buy into. Um, Have you ever tried getting someone who doesn't like anime into anime? Uh, no. But I can see where that would be a problem. 
Right, because you have to put up with a lot of anime bullshit in a lot of the, like, popular animes. Yeah. Right, like, you know, the, the fan service and other awful shit that nobody really actually wants to see in their anime, but you put up with because it's part of anime. Yeah, yeah. We all love anime bullshit. That's a that's one way to put it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, basically... Lucha Libre has a lot of wrestling bullshit that, in a way that, like, it, it it's my favorite kind of wrestling, but it's also, you have to be willing to buy in to a lot of tropes. So my actual recommendation for getting into wrestling is watching uh, Joshi Wrestling, which is Japanese women's wrestling. You've sent me a few clips of that, and it does seem pretty fun. It is very fun. It's like... It has a high bullshit value, <laughs> but it's not wrestling bullshit. It's like, uh, you know, if you, if you like, you know, basically if you like VTubers, you'll probably like Joshi Wrestling. Fair. Joshi takes a lot of cues from idol culture, which is also what VTubers do, right? Mm-hmm. A and lot like, of them. So there's a, there's a bit of that, like very uh, you know like the kinds of like stuff that you get with idol culture there's there's a whole like youtube channel dedicated to just telling the stories of all of these uh joshi wrestlers i recommend checking out tokyo joshi pro just because it's where i would start with someone unfamiliar with wrestling because it's cute girls doing cute stuff a anime trope uh but also they're wrestlers <laughs> Uh, that does sound pretty cool, yeah. Um, there's one wrestler in Tokyo Joshi who builds herself as the littlest kaiju. (laughs) And she roars when she comes into the ring. That's adorable. And it's the most adorable thing in the world. And also she's like four foot (laughs) That is extremely good. Now that I'm done with my rant about wrestling, would we like to go through some reviews for this movie or do you want me to read a plot summary i just found um i don't have a ton of reviews so i'll just um there's there's really only one that i wanted to read mm-hmm. um <clears throat> and it reads this was my first mexican wrestler film so maybe i missed a few things it was also my first uh, um side note From what I could figure out, an evil doctor, the brother of our hero's girlfriend, comes back from the dead looking for revenge. On who? I'm not sure about that. I'd think it would be Santo, as he spends a lot of time grousing about how much he hates him and his pal Blue Demon. (laughs) But when given the tools for vengeance, a legion of mythical creatures that are loyal only to him, he has them kill random people. Maybe this is a (sighs) statement about how vengeance really affects everyone. Anyway... Blue Demon is out of the action for most of the film, leaving Santo to battle Frankenstein, El Hombre Lobo, and the rest of the mythical baddies. The problem is that Santo really isn't a very effective fighter, and he spends most of his time losing. Realistic? Yes. Entertaining? Heck yeah. Santo spends a lot of time hitting the bad guys and executing the occasional wrestling move. He also wears a three-piece suit into battle as well. I figure that the director was trying to make a statement about the futility of businessmen to be able to tame the primal forces of nature. Or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, this is... That's basically this movie. Yeah. The futility of businessmen uh, to be able to tame the primal forces of nature. Okay, so first of all, the IMDb rating for this movie is a 5.9 out of 10. I believe this to be incorrect. Really? It gets four out of five stars this, on Amazon. I would give this at least an eight out of ten. There. In this film, Santo and Blue Demon are rivals in the ring and partners in the fight against evil. One day they receive the news that Dr. Otto Halter has died. This wouldn't be weird if it weren't for the fact that Santo and Blue Demon had suspected that Halter was a criminal mastermind. Santo's girlfriend, Gloria, is also Dr. Halder's niece. Okay. Which makes Dr. Halder a personal enemy to the duo. Santo has a feeling that his death is not normal, but 
Blue convinces Santo to go on vacation while he does investigation. As Santo had thought, Dr. Halder is still alive, and after capturing Blue Demon and bringing back the mythical monsters of old, he prepares his revenge against Gloria, her father, and Santo. Uh, then basically what we described. So that's that's basically all we need to know for the actual, <clears throat> like... Yeah, that's the motivations, and then shit happens. Yeah, we've got our motivations. Now, I still have yet to find anything that explains this... Octorok gar- gargoyle no, no, in a nobody brain Nobody mentions tuke. that, ever. No one mentions it. And he... Uh, listeners, I put it I put it to you. Can any of you find out who this weird little Octorok gargoyle please, in a toque is? Please tell us. If you tell us, I will personally recommend to you a Lucha Libre match. You'll get a personalized recommendation of a Lucha Libre match based on what I think you would like best, if you can tell me who this Octorok creature is. Yes, we we have to know, first of all. And second of all, I think it would just be fun. Yeah. We'll have a link for link to the picture for you to look at it and try to figure out with us. And shoot me a message on Twitter if you do. I never finished talking about Blue Demon and why I love Blue Demon. No, you didn't. Um, It's fine. We've talked enough about this movie, I think. (laughs) Friends, I'm specifically speaking to all of you who are our listeners that I'm now going to refer to as friends to cultivate a parasocial relationship with you. Please review our podcast. (laughs) Please. And remember, kids, if you do drugs, you go to hell before you die. (laughs) Please. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever seen that Captain New Albano anti-drug PSA? literally talked about this on a previous episode and you made me watch it. <laughs> Why do I make you watch such cursed st- Okay, you know what? Never mind. I do make you watch cursed stuff, but it's in retribution for all of the cursed shit you send me. Yeah. I think it's fair it's, because it's, you did send me. It's fair. He did send me a meme today that is um, one of the street sharks <laughs> in Jinko jeans, and it says, "I shitted my big ass Jinko jeans at AutoZone." <laughs> yep, I did do that. <laughs> That's on me. Oh my god! <laughs> Thanks for listening. We sure didn't. Unsound Theories is a production of So Says Media. You can follow us on Twitter at Unsound Theories or follow Kat and Kira at Zafticat, Z-A-F-T-I-K-A-T, and at Sapphire underscore mess, respectively. The best way to support the work we do is to tell a friend and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Good Pods. If you'd like to support our work monetarily to help us keep the lights on, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash so says media. There you'll gain access to behind-the-scenes content, Patreon-exclusive episodes, and so much more. The music used in this episode is Dance on All the Cell Phones by Chris Postel. You can find this and Chris's other work at soundslikeanearful.com. Until next time, stay wizard. <laughs>